0: This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Poetry in Motion with me, Neil Fitz. It is the festive season. We are nearing the big day. The world's most expensive roast dinner, of course, uh, is upon us. Liverpool are a team that just keep on giving, though. They're in a very generous mood at the moment. I'm joined by Matt Addison. How are you doing, Matt?
0: Yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to uh, to Christmas and hopefully we get some football to watch over that period as well.
1: Absolutely, mate. Also joining us for the festivities today, uh, Kai Delaney. How you doing, Kai? Yeah, not too bad. A so, uh, few days off Christmas. so on the, the home stretch now. Absolutely, we are. We had this massive, congested December, haven't we, of nine games, I think it was, something like. Um, well, after we shrugged off Milan 2-1, Liverpool uh, beat Villa 1-0. Where we beat uh, Newcastle last night 3-1. And, it, 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 Matt, it just seems like we've sort of just taken this team for granted, aren't we? They've just become history makers once again. It, it seems like uh, it seems like it happens all the time now. They're the first club in English history to hit 2,000 goals um, in the Premier League. It's incredible. And it makes you wonder how many of those um, are under the, the tutelage of Klopp because they're a goal-scoring machine now, Matt, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they absolutely are. I mean, it's it's every single game, isn't it? That there's another record broken by Mohamed Salah or one of the other players, Salah in particular, has, has just been unbelievable, hasn't he, this season? It's it's just, you know, remarkable to to watch and it's it just becomes so normal now that Liverpool just score so many goals, I think. You know, even obviously on Thursday, Newcastle go a goal in front, but you kind of think that Liverpool are, going to score at least two so it, it almost doesn't matter to a certain extent these days they're just really you know firing on all cylinders as, as they always have done really under Jurgen Klopp in an attacking sense it's just been such a, a joy to watch at times I think obviously there's the certain bits this season where the defense hasn't been perfect but when you've got Mohamed Salah on 22 goals already it, it almost doesn't matter like I say it's, it's just a, a remarkable achievement to, to just be as consistent as, as what he is. And look, at this point, you wouldn't put it past him to beat the, the 44 goals that he got in his first season.
1: Yeah, it's extraordinary, Kai. And it's just that we, we, we mention this all the time now when we talk about Liverpool Football Club and it's great to hear as a fan. But that word relentless just keeps popping up. And you could see last night, Newcastle, you get to the point when you're watching and you think, well, even if a team puts up a kind of a robust defence against us, can they last 90 minutes? Because those Liverpool players can do this all day long. And, uh, um, you could see that they were they were they were trying and trying and trying to fill the box the way Aston Villa did as well. But there almost feels like an inevitability at the moment where Liverpool are playing. Either kind of, they 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 squandered a few chances last night. Let's be honest. But a lot of that I think is down to the fact that teams are putting ten in the box and it's very difficult to break them down. But yet again last night there was just this feeling. Even when we went one down, and of course without key players uh, due to COVID, uh, you know without Fabinho, without uh, Van Dijk. And yet they've, uh, you know, a, a Thiago um, nightmare aside. Um, they were just a relentless team and you always felt like they were getting back into this game, didn't you, last night?
2: Yeah, it was um, obviously uh, going behind early doors, you know, a bit of a testing circumstances. And then it helps their their game plan even more for them to just shut up shop and, and kill the game, as we saw Aston Villa try to do um, earlier in the week when they came and, uh, you know, not, not the... The most enjoyable game to watch but i think that's a lot of teams blueprint the season is to come to anfield 10 men behind the ball shut up shop and, and try and grind out a nil-nil or nick a, a goal from the set piece um but you know that this liverpool team have so many ways to beat you we, we've seen the, the goals they were scoring free-flowing goals to start of the season getting three four goals a game mm-hmm. Uh, without even in really trying it seemed like at times. Uh, and then we hit we saw those couple of wins where they had to grind out one nil against Aston Villa and against Wolves and we've seen that they're able to do that as well. So no matter how you come at this Liverpool team, whether you, you want to get at them or, or you want to try and kick kill the game and, and nick a one 0 Liverpool always seem to to find a way around you. And um you yeah, know they're they're feeling to me like they're they're probably back in the groove now and we're seeing uh, similarities to that team that went on a, a run and won the league comfortably in um in nineteen twenty. I don't think we're gonna get that with city and Chelsea this season. I think it's gonna go right down to the wire but uh Liverpool, you know, they've certainly seem like they're gonna be there right to the end.
1: Yeah and it's testament Matt, isn't it to Liverpool like what Kai said about about teams sort of coming and, and, and putting 10 behind the ball and trying to and trying to nullify the threat of Liverpool. Uh, it's testament to the, to the ability of this team. They've been doing that since the first season we started doing this, haven't they? Let's be honest. I mean, since the 99-point season, um, you know, the 97-point season, they've, the game plan's been the same for three or four seasons, hasn't it? Try and stop Liverpool from scoring. But it's testament to this side and how incredibly creative they are uh, and skillful and brilliant that, uh, that they just keep popping up. It's another 3-1. It's almost becomes kind of, you know, you disregard the fact that, yet again, it's three goals in a game and, Salah's extraordinary run. I mean, some of the touches last night, the outside of the boot half-volley cross that almost landed uh, at Mane's feet was would have been the cross of the season. Now, forget about any of the crosses. At speed, taking that on a half-volley with the outside of the boot. And I know the, the commentary team, Joe Cole in particular, was, was absolutely creaming about it. And, and, and rightly so. It was an extraordinary bit of skill. And he is, for the player who didn't, reached the top twenty three in the team of the year, apparently it's the latest snub. Um I mean it just beggars belief, doesn't it? I don't know who these people are voting for, but um he's an extraordinary talent and so we're just getting more and more from him, Matt.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's extraordinary, isn't it? I think, you know, like you say, it's it's just become normal. It's sort of probably four or five different things in every single game that Mohamed Salah does that most footballers just can't physically do. And and he just does it as if it's just a perfectly normal thing. It's as if it's a training session at times. And it's not just him. I mean, there was obviously some poor performances in terms of, or, or poor moments, I should say, in terms of uh, of the Newcastle game. You think of, of Thiago giving away the ball, but then at the same time, there was four or five passes from him, which were just absolutely inch perfect, putting in, 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 behind for for Trent or for Salah or, or for whoever. I mean, it's, it is it is just remarkable to, to watch it at times and you do have to kind of remind yourself how lucky you are to, to be able to to see that so regularly in the flesh because it certainly hasn't always been like this and, and it won't be in the future either. So yeah, it's it's one of those. Like you say, it's, it's a testament to how good this Liverpool team are. I think that Newcastle came and they left Callum Wilson on the bench. They played a, a four and a five, and basically just left one player up front to to do whatever he could do and kind of feed off off the scraps in Allan and Maximan. So, yeah, it's it's a testament not only to to the way that Liverpool play, but the way that they can break them down. That they've still scored three goals, even with that being the case. And I think you you fancy them in every single game now. It, it doesn't particularly matter who they're playing against even if it's a Chelsea or a Manchester City you'd still think it's it's more than possible that they can score two if not three goals in, in all of those games so yeah if you're scoring three goals every game you're going to get three points pretty much every game
1: Yeah and uh, he was mentioned then uh, Kai by Matt but um, Sam Maximum is, is a player isn't he what a skillful player I mean we saw it the week before with with well, when we played Wolves sorry when we saw it with um, Adoma Triomi where you look at him and you think you can imagine players like that in a red shirt just tearing up the pitch and so Maximin, you know, you, you can see the damage he can do. He did it a few times last night. Not only were his runs really effective, but if any really give the ball away, he would pass on. he laid on the pass that ended eventually ended up uh, being the the, the Shelby goal. And uh, uh, another bright talent, till of course, he, you know, he got injured and, and then spent the next ten minutes trying to get off the pitch. But they, the ball didn't go out of play because Liverpool wouldn't let it. But um, and controversially, the you know, uh, Thiago did have a bit of a stinker. Let's be honest. I mean, uh, at certain points. I think he does tend to go for the... He's getting his protracted out, isn't he? He's working out passes rather than doing the simple one. But, of course, it looked like he had his boots on the wrong feet a couple of times last night, and um, particularly the clearance, which was, you know, I think that was. I think he had John Joe Shelby in the Secret Santa, didn't he? Because that was an absolute shocker of a clearance that went right to his feet. But a lot of characters shown by Liverpool, last again. And that goal that the, 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 they were trying to bemoan That we didn't, uh, a good refereeing to be fair, because um, those two guys jumping up, not even clashing heads, jumping into each other uh, and then expecting that goal to be chalked off. A bit of a strange conservation moment, Kai, but interestingly, listening to a lot of the journalism today, um, they've all sort of virtually all brushed that aside and said, well, if anything, this needs to highlight this idea that players go down and then feign head injuries to kind of get this game stopped yeah eddie howe was um you know he's he assuming i think so,
2: so said it in his, his press conference at the end of the game uh says the Liverpool should have either put the ball out but you know of course it's, it's not on them that rule came in a few years ago where it's, it's now entirely up to, to the referee um and there was such a short period of time anyway between that that clash and then the goal it was only about 10 15 seconds i don't think many liverpool players even knew you know what was happening but for me it was, it was quite refreshing to see um we, we see it so often where a player will go down and, and grab their head even if it's it's not a head injury purely just to, to stop the play and relieve the pressure and then and you know, they can regroup and go again um we see it with goalkeepers as well yeah the amount of times goalkeepers will come charging an out and just nudge into someone go down and, and they'll win the free kick and you know it's it's frustrating tactics but it's it's tactics that you know teams when uh when you're a a struggling team coming to a place like Anfield or, or the Etihad it's the kind of tactics that you have to deploy. Um, but they, you know, to, to see it not uh, not working and the ref just saying get on with it, um, it was quite refreshing for me to see. Um, yeah, the the Simaxman one, the maximum was a, an interesting one. Uh, it's a shout I've I've said before. Um, I spoke to our analysing Anfield guys and asked them about the numbers behind him because he, you know, he always catches the eye. I think his his Performance last night was probably him in a nutshell. Uh, flashes of brilliance. We saw the clip of him in the ball down the touchline, but then, you know, not not much of an end product, and he ended up going off injured. Um, but it, it absolutely is the, the kind of signing that you know Liverpool look at. We saw Diogo Jota taking a, a kind of 30 million player from a, a mid-table team or a team that's that's not quite at the heights and, and pushing, and then working under Klopp and, and the team and. and going on to the level that we see Jota is now. So, yeah, we, we know Liverpool look at Jared Bowen and uh, Simaxe, man, I'm, I'm sure he's on that list as well.
1: Yeah, and just talking about Jota, he was going to be my next point, Matt. If ever a player just slotted into a side, I mean, it's extraordinary, isn't he? You know, you, as a fan, you see a new signing come in, you think, well, OK, they're going to have to bed in, you know, get used to the, to the way Liverpool play. I mean, this kid looks like he was born to play for Liverpool, doesn't he? He's... He's got that. He's got that intensity to his game. He's he, he he seems to instinctively know where the ball needs to be and where he needs to be to get on the end of the ball. I mean, couldn't have wished for a better player to jump in there. Could we? Especially with obviously with the uh, Bobby Firmino's loss and Bobby Firmino, who, 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 who I love to death, but lacks pace in you know in 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 spades, doesn't he? Let's be honest. And it's always good that he, but but he's incredibly skillful. But we've lost him to the bench. He came on last night, which was lovely to see. But. Josh has been an incredible impact,
0: hasn't he? Yeah, I think you you could see that straight away, couldn't you, last season? I think just before he he got that injury, he was out for sort of three months, wasn't he, over this kind of, of time about 12 months ago. And that was was a big blow, I think, for for him in terms of really establishing himself as as one of the the top performers at, at Liverpool, because before that, I mean he was scoring almost a, a goal a game. He was providing, you know, all sorts of things that we didn't really think he was ever gonna provide. I think he scored, you know, four or five headers across the whole, the course of, of last season. I don't think he'd ever scored a headed goal for Wolves. So obviously Liverpool had, had seen something in him in terms of what he could bring in terms of how he could fit into this Liverpool team but I think he he probably exceeded expectations even of, of the recruitment team because he was doing things that we had never seen him do before earlier on in his career so yeah it's it's just been a, a perfect sign and in terms of, of the way that he's slotted in the way that he's fitted into to this Liverpool team he's different to Roberto Firmino he offers different things like you say that the pace is one thing the heading ability the ability to, to sort of go in behind and maybe isn't quite as good at, at dropping deep and, and connecting the play like Firmino is but look, we we speak about it all the time we say that that Liverpool need more squad depth they need more different options in forward areas I think if you've got Firmino and Jota to choose from that's never going to be a bad thing you look at the options that City and Chelsea and, and all of these other teams have got they've got you know far more options than Liverpool if, if Liverpool have got a choice between Jota and, and Firmino that can only be a good thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, Kai, kind of, you know, talking about options, I mean, you know, the biggest arguments that, between fans, I think, with Liverpool is whether they um, they needed to cover the loss of, of Gino and Alden. Remarkable to see the PSG put them on a transfer list. I mean, it's just phenomenal and, and kind of underlines, doesn't it, I think, the, 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 what's wrong in football, uh, that, it's, that a player can be dislodged from a club like that and the promise of, you know, playing for a club like PSG. Lots of Liverpool fans you know aggrieved that gino and Alden went me being one of them an incredible stalwart for liverpool one of those players that very rarely gets injured a great person to rely on you know he gets he gets uplift uprooted from a club that he's used to 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 to, to psg and then they're already saying he's surplus to requirements it's 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 a disgusting kind of rot in in football isn't it that needs to be addressed guy
2: it is, yeah. I mean, we we see it more and more these days that the players running down the contracts. Um, in the you know when you don't have the transfer fee, then more often not the the player and their agent will receive a ridiculous signing on fee, and I think that plays a big part a big part in it these days. But you know, with, with Ronaldo, obviously, it's it's not fully come out yet the, the story there. He said when he moved that one day he'll he'll tell his side and the full version of events. So it's, it's still, uh, you know, don't want to judge that um you don't know really what went on behind closed doors there but ultimately it seemed like it was it was maybe um a decision that was made maybe by him and and the hierarchy clock clearly wanted him to stay and i i don't think he's been replaced like for like in terms of i think that the biggest thing that he offered was his versatility and, and his reliability we saw him play at, at center back in up front uh, and then obviously, you know, various positions in midfield for Liverpool across his time. And, um, yeah, he, he was always available week in, week out. And Liverpool certainly haven't replaced that in terms of one player coming in and doing the one out of job But they've certainly got enough uh, enough options. There's, there's countless names to go through in midfield there. We've seen yesterday when you lose Fabinho, you're able to just drop Henderson back into his role. And then Oxley chamberlain we've got Curtis Jones still to come back from his injury. Harvey Elliott had made that place his his own at the start of the season. So, you know, they've, they've certainly got enough bodies and numbers to cope there. Um, but it, it does go back to that thing that Klopp said right, right at the start when Coutinho was leaving. I mean, he said, you know, stay at Anfield and they'll build a statue of you. Leave, go somewhere else and you'll be just another player. And we've seen that play out with Ronaldo.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. It's a shame now. I mean, you, you know, I mean, he came on a free, so you wonder what... What kind of fee they're going to be asking for, for them or whether or not it's a strange one. It's a very, very strange one. More to the point, Matt, I think it's something that needs address. And obviously, we mentioned the top of the at the top of the pause. No Fabinho, no Curtis Jones. Obviously, he's had that freak eye injury, but now it's down with COVID. No Van Dijk. We're seeing games postponed left, right, and centre now, aren't we? There's there's doubt over the over Sunday's game or the weekend's game, sorry, against Spurs. Because obviously theirs got cancelled last night. Are we are we heading into territory that is going to start getting worrying for the for the um, survival of, of of the season? Uh, do you think, Matt? Things are getting very, very, um, very, very scary at the moment, aren't they? With with the amount? I mean, I think Tottenham posted forty infections. Uh, I know that there, there's a lot of there, there was a lot of talk about uh, how only forty eight percent of the league premiership had been vaccinated. Now I don't want to get into a vaccination argument, but the sense. It looks like a red flag is starting to get raised whether or not we're even going to get to the end of the season, Matt.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's interesting in two ways, isn't it? I think, obviously, the, the players and the staff is one thing. I think the crowds and, and people being in attendance is another thing, obviously sort of rules and regulations are in place in terms of masks inside Anfield. You had to wear a mask to get from outside the ground to your seat. But then as soon as you're in your seat, you can take your mask off. And that makes absolutely no sense to me, given that you're surrounded by a load of other people and, and all of of that sort of thing. So I think that is, it is the biggest concern really for me, is that are we going to try and, and carry on without crowds? Because we all know that it just isn't the same. No one wants that. No one wants to, to play in, in empty stadiums again. But... It, it does sort of feel a little bit inevitable that something is is going to happen, doesn't it, over the next couple of weeks. I mean, we still don't know what's going to happen with AFCON, whether that's going to happen. But there's just so much uncertainty at the moment. And I think one thing that has slightly been overlooked is the fact that the World Cup is in December next year. That means the Premier League season is going to start about six weeks earlier next season. So there's not really a lot of room in order to, to postpone this season. If we wait now, I mean, there's UEFA Nations League matches they've got another international tournament in the summer there's not really much scope to postpone these matches because you know when do you when do you sort of pencil them back in there just isn't really a gap in this in this calendar at the moment so I don't know it it feels inevitable you'd like to think that a sensible decision at some point will be taken but I think Jurgen Klopp said it post-match after after Newcastle it, it kind of feels like if you've called off you know five six games across the course of a weekend it it probably isn't fair to to play the others so it's going to be interesting obviously as we record this Friday morning we we don't know exactly how many matches are going to be off this weekend. We don't know whether Liverpool's game is is going to be on or off. But yeah, I think Liverpool have been one of the the least affected teams so far in terms of COVID infections. But you look at at Leicester and, and Tottenham and so many other examples there is a a bit of an inevitability about it. And I think you you kind of felt that at Anfield actually on Thursday, a lot of people were kind of thinking, well, is this the last time we're going to be able to come here for a a few weeks? And hopefully that's not the case, but a sensible decision does have to at some point be made. Poetry in Motion on the Blood Red Channel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And of course you mentioned AFCON and, there was quite a funny text. It looked like it might have been getting cancelled, but somebody said, somebody was rewrote the the, the words to um, Band-Aids, do they know it's Christmas with the lovely line and there won't be Mo in Africa this Christmas time, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but of course, we have the other tiny little um, matter of the uh, the Champions League as well to, to to look at. We had a strange draw, kind I mean, weird, controversial kind of, you know, how much can human error mess up and computers mess up a draw, but... You know, we, we start with Salzburg uh, and end up with uh, Inter. Um, bring on the Internationale as the as as the song says. But um, it's 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 no it's no easy tie. But given what we did with the group of death, you have got to feel like Liverpool have got a, a good chance to progress in in the cup as well, Kai. Yeah, I
2: think um, Liverpool and probably everyone associated will be quite happy with that draw not on the grand scheme of things. I think initially pulling out RB Salzburg, you know, that's probably best case scenario if if not. Uh, you know, far off it. Um, even Salzburg aren't this, the Salzburg team that we played a couple of years ago uh, that had Minamino, Fuang, a young Erling, uh, Erling Haaland in there, of course. So, um, you know, that, that would have been, you would assume, a, a comfortable win. And you could have maybe even looked at possibly resting a few players for the second leg. Um, I don't think Liverpool are going to have that luxury with, with Inter Milan. Um, uh, when you know when the redraw was, was announced, everyone was thinking, Oh, here we go, PSG or Real Madrid, or you know, one of the big hitters. So, um, I think on, on the scheme of things, into Milan, you, you'd still fancy Liverpool to, to go through. I'd, to, to be honest, I think you'd fancy Liverpool against any team in this competition, even if if we had have pulled out PSG, I think you, they can be got out defensively. So, um, yeah, Liverpool back themselves against anyone, but especially uh, an inter side where maybe the um, I, I, Talking on the the Blood Red podcast in the week and said then that I think the the badge possibly carries a little bit more fear and now than the team itself. Now we saw with, with AC Milan, it's, it was heralded as the group of death, but when you actually face them on paper, that they, they've only got a handful of individual individuals and uh, into a similar. You know, a few, a few aging players with maybe the best years behind them. Since they won the league last season, they've lost Antonio Conte, they've lost Romelu Lukaku, and of course Hakimi went to PSG. So. They're, they're not the side that they were last season. Um and yeah, I think I think Liverpool will maybe be quietly confident.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And talking about the importance of 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 game upon game upon game, it is important to have a decent squad, isn't it? And I thought Canate proved himself last night. Matt he was very, very strong at the back. Uh, him and Matip, Matip's doing these wonderful kind of Alan Hansen strides through the middle of the pitch these days, isn't he? And there. Uh, Liverpool have got a feel like they have got a really good balance at the moment, mate. I'm touching wood all over desks, heads, everything, but it just feels like there's a there's an acceptance of who who they are, like Liverpool and how good they are, and they know it. It's it's it, it, it's it's taken for granted now that, that there is a certain level that they play at, and it's wonderful to see that they can intersperse. You know, different characters. I mean, Canate hasn't played for a while, comes back in and. And was really strong, wasn't he? I mean, you know, uh, held his zone and massive, as I said before. And uh, and that's where Tomískis, have obviously we've got Robbo back and 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 Trent, and um, just feels like an air of uh, of inevitability ine- ine- to, to Liverpool, doesn't it? And and uh, and great to see that these squad players can just slot in.
0: Yeah, that's it. I mean, you can afford now to make four, five, six changes for these games and, and nobody really would be too concerned. I think there's obviously, you know, the, the depth issue at centre-back has been completely reversed, even with Van Dijk out against Newcastle. You never really thought that they'd cause too many problems. And I think that's, you know, fair to, to say that that's how it happened. I mean, Canate has been, been really good, I think, this season when he's come in. There's a lot more to come from him, but he's so clearly a Liverpool defender. He's, you know, really good in the air, really strong, really fast. Very front foot, aggressive, but he does it all in the right way. I mean, you could probably say that someone like Dan Lovren was aggressive, but maybe didn't quite channel that in the way that you'd probably want him to. I think with with Canate, it's you know, even though he's a 22 year old, relatively inexperienced, he's just doing all of, of the right things at, at the right time. And as you say, Matup as well is is just absolutely superb on the ball. Gives Liverpool an extra option, can sort of add into their the midfield and, and be another creative outlet. I think it's just a a really nice balance at the back at the moment and as long as Liverpool have have got three of of those four um, available at at any one time obviously Joe Gomez is is back now and is a huge player in himself he's not had hardly any chances this season but I'm sure he will do in the second half I mean it's it's just so promising isn't it to have all of those players of, of absolute top quality standards whoever whoever is on the pitch left backs right back is maybe a, a bit of a, a concern in terms of of the depth but you know even then if you've got three out of of the four first choice and you had to play nico williams wouldn't be the end of the world i don't think i just think whatever combination you've got now at the back for liverpool you'd fancy them to to score more goals at the top end than concede at the back
1: and that's even really isn't it without again this it's 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 it, it's hard to fault mané because he's such a an integral part of the team but by his own admission, I think he would say that he's not firing uh, on all cylinders when it comes to in front of goal. Is he still getting the goals in? But it, a lot of touches not quite going straight. You know, not quite going right, going straight slightly. So, really speaking, you are sitting watching Liverpool side that are playing phenomenal football, Kai. But with a man of a couple of seasons ago, did, did, did be this would be an incredible. I know it is anyway. But for them front three firing like that, it's uh, it, it, it's it's just going to be more formidable if he picks up his form. Just in front of goal, because he, you know, everything else his touches, his, his his press is fantastic. But if he, as the team progress and move on through this league, through this season, um, more to come from Manny means it's just, it's just an even stronger Liverpool lineup, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's, it's scary really when when you put it like that. You've got Salah obviously having the the season of his life and, and leading the way in, in the golden boot. I just had a quick look then as you were talking and. Uh, As you say, Manny's not maybe firing completely on all cylinders, but he's still on on seven in the Premier League, which is only two behind. If you take Salah out of the equation and just count him as as an anomaly, then he'd only be two off uh, Vardy and and Jota, who are tied at at the top on nine, um, excluding Salah. So the the three of them are having a great season. I think I can't really remember a, a season where all three of Liverpool's forward line have been getting in the goals like this. Obviously, we had... The, I think it was 1819 uh, where Salah and Mane shared the Golden Boot with Aubameyang. Um But that year, you know, Firmino wasn't maybe getting the goals, and it was it was left to to the other two. So I think this year is maybe the first time where we've seen all three really pushing the boundaries, and that there's a, every possibility we could see a hat trick in terms of one, two, three for, for Liverpool top scorers in the Premier League. And as you say, Jota's in in fabulous form. Salah's showing absolutely no signs of, of letting up. Um, and if, if we can add Mane and, and he can maybe just push on that a little bit more, then not only will that help Liverpool, but it could also take the pressure off the likes of, of Salah and Jota. And if, if Salah doesn't, you know, if, if he's had 15 games in a row now, he's equaled Vardy's record last night where he's, he's either scored or assisted. Um, so heaven forbid he goes a game without a goal or assist, maybe Mane will be able to uh, to slot one in. But um did see a little statistic that was doing the round this morning. I put a little... Post out on our page that uh, if you take out all the goals from Liverpool, barring Mohamed Salah, then uh, Liverpool would still be third in the Premier League on 29 points ahead of Arsenal with a plus two goal difference. So I think that says everything that you need to say about Salah and, and Liverpool's attack this season.
1: It's fun. That's a, a phenomenal stat that I'm sure anyone listening to this will absolutely love. It's just great, you know, to, to garner, garner these awards and stuff and these stats and for our point of view as Reds, it's just incredible to know he's part of our team. And he didn't look too happy last night, though Matt, when he got hauled off, did he? But again, I think that's a testimony to him as a player, as he just wants more and more. We noticed uh, during the week that he, he, he was fuming that he missed a chance when he would scored a couple. Uh, he's um, he's all about the goals, mate, isn't he. But as I say, he wasn't uh, he wasn't too pleased last night. we getting hauled off, but as far as we're concerned, as fans, every every game that he's fit and healthy for is 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 a, is a bonus to us, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it was was sensible to take him off, wasn't it? You, you get that opportunity, you, you have to take it, I think. It's, it's one of those where I'm sure he wouldn't be best pleased to come off, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I don't think anyone's made a, a big deal out of it so far, as, as far as I've seen. I think it probably stems back to, to the chance he had in the first half with his right foot where he put it wide and everyone was surprised that he'd actually missed one for once. I think that's probably in the back of his mind. I know Jurgen Klopp mentioned it. A couple of weeks ago there was a game where i think he'd scored two and assisted one but he came off the pitch furious that he'd missed one of his his other chances which i just think sums them up doesn't it it's it's one of those that you you just can't really quantify how driven and, and how and determined he is to, to go and and score and, and score and score and I think it, it can only be a good thing. I know there's there's been certain times during his Liverpool career where people have accused him of being selfish or not passing, but I think he's eliminated that now because, he, as Kai says, I mean it's not just goals, it's assists as well. I think he's Liverpool's top assist maker this season, certainly up there, um, up there in in terms of of anyone to be fair, not just Liverpool players, but across the the entire Premier League. So, yeah. He's just got everything, hasn't he? I think he's he's obviously taken the the goals now back to to what it was in his first season at Liverpool. But it's it's just the full package. Everything about him is is just absolutely perfect. And yeah, if he's annoyed at not having the the last twenty minutes against Newcastle to go and score another goal, fair play to him. I'm sure you know Jürgen Klopp in the back of his mind will just hope that if Liverpool against Tottenham goes ahead on Sunday, he can make up for last time in that one.
1: Absolutely, he just seems to be the kind of person as well. Most that he always feels like he has to prove himself, and, and that's just to the benefit of all of us because because when he feels he has to prove himself, he inadvertently does, uh, and 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 we all we all benefit from that, don't we? Another player I think who's who's doing well at the moment, Kai, is um, Oxlade-Chamberlain, who's had a really stuttering, by his own admission, stuttering kind of campaign for Liverpool, hasn't he, with injuries and stuff, and every time he felt like he was getting a bit of a head of steam, would cut him down. But he's doing really well, I think. He's he's slotting into that midfield position, as sort of a, you know, an attacking midfielder, but also now he's getting more of a defensive quality to him as well. And and he, he did about seventy eight minutes last night. He hasn't completed ninety minutes yet, but um, he, he's certainly doing the job when it's required of him, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he is. I think he, he's probably enjoying his his best spell in this Liverpool team, arguably since he first he first arrived and. Uh, you know, we saw in that 17-18 season how important he was in, in the running the Champions League, those goals against Man City and developed a, a really good understanding with Mohamed Salah before that really unfortunate injury that he sustained against Roma. Um, and, you know, th- that injury only came from him tracking back 40 yards and putting in a, a great tackle that he, he didn't really need to do. So, you no, know, but it probably tells you everything about the player. And, um, you know, you, you can see every time he comes off, he, he's disappointed. He's still not completed 90 minutes for... I think they said on commentary last night something like two years, two and a half years for Liverpool. Um, maybe there or thereabouts. So you know that's certainly something that he's going to want to to put to bed. Is it's not an important statistic, but maybe just something that he'll have in the back of his mind. He can start putting these ninety minutes together and um, you know keep keep his running the, in the side. But he's um, he's added some some versatility to his game. We we saw against uh, Aston Villa at the weekend that he actually started. Through the middle as a maybe a false nine, if you like, when um Origi was was out with the injury, and then Firmino was was unavailable as well. So, um, you know, he's got that string to his both as well. So you we know he can play on the wing. So there, there's several positions there that he's available to to sloth into and and play a role in this side. Um, yeah, I think you know for for him now it's just about games consistency and and avoiding injuries. If he can if he can stay fit, then I I don't think he, he'll ever Get back into that, that starting 11, which isn't a slight on him. There's very few players in, in world football that would really when, when you go through the team 1 to 11. But to be that, that next option or to be, to be considered when Liverpool have a game like Newcastle or Aston Villa where you're looking to rotate and maybe rest some legs and bring some players in, I don't think there's, there's many better options in the Premier League to have as, as a squad player than someone of, of his quality.
1: Poetry
0: Emotion on the Blood Red Channel.
1: Another thing we noticed last night, Matt, was uh, Chelsea giving up a little bit of ground. Um, a, 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 a very, very stoic kind of 1-1. Very, very well done uh, for Rafford and, and Everton because, you know, going to Stanford Bridge is is never easy. They're very, very hard to score against. They don't concede much, but um, they managed to, to get a 1-1 draw doing a massive favour. And That was bittersweet, I guess. Um, we're now three points ahead of Chelsea. Do you think this is going to go on to be more of a two-horse race than a three-horse race, Matt? I mean, City demolish Leeds, a, 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 you know, really put down a, a stamp from their side. Liverpool keep doing it anyway. So um, do you feel like there's a pull ahead? Do you think Chelsea have got more than them to try and pull this back a little bit? Or do you feel, like, I mean, w- when you think about how, we, how we've how we done in, in this congested period, um, they, they, they've got to be there for the end run, haven't they, Liverpool? You just feel like they're just going to get better and better. And City, obviously, a city with a, the massive squad and the massive kind of pool of players they've got. Um, do you feel like Chelsea maybe going to lose a bit of ground over there as well?
0: Yeah, I think you're right in terms of, of Liverpool and City. I think they'll definitely be up there. I think it's slightly too early to rule Chelsea out. I know they've they've had a, a little bit of a wobble. Obviously, the the Everton draw will frustrate them. I think they very narrowly on the the same weekend as as Liverpool and City did. To be fair, but they they very narrowly beat Leeds at, at Stamford Bridge with that last minute penalty last weekend. So. I think it's it's one of those where I think Chelsea a couple of wins and and maybe things look a little bit different. They're only sort of three or four points off Liverpool and City, aren't they? So they're not a million miles away. So I'm not ruling them out just yet. I've always thought that they would be third in terms of, of the most likely. I still think that's the case. It's it's just a case of can they keep pace with the other two. But yeah, I think they play Liverpool and City within two weeks at the start of twenty twenty one. So Liverpool, I think on the second, I think Manchester City, they played them a couple of weeks later. After that, I think, depending on how those two games go, I think we'll know a lot, lot more about Chelsea because if they can sort of win one and, and draw one of those, they're right back in the mix. If they lose both of those, I think that they're absolutely out of it. So I don't know. For, for me, it's, it's a couple of weeks off being able to, to properly rule them out, but I suppose what we have seen from them early on this season is that I think Rhys James certainly was until recently their top scorer may still be that there are maybe one or two weaknesses within that Chelsea team that you don't really see with City and Liverpool so yeah I think I think Chelsea is certainly the third in terms of the most likely but I know a lot of people that have been very quick to rule them out I'm not quite at that stage just yet.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's it, it, it. Fingers crossed that there is a bit of a pull away, but uh, we've done so well getting through this backlog of games anyway that we, we've now got obviously whether the Tottenham game goes on or not, Kai. We'd love it too because the momentum Liverpool are building. But then we got like a, a quarter final um, football league cup, Liverpool Leicester. It's at home Wednesday the twenty second. Do you think these are cups now? I mean, I've always been a stalwart for the FA Cup. I know there's a younger generation of people who are all Champions League fanatics, but um, I love Champions League, don't get me wrong. But I love the history of the FA Cup and I love why Liverpool's history is in the FA Cup, good and bad. It's all part of our our DNA, I think. and, And I would love to see them put on a really good run in the FA Cup. A lot of people, you know, can't necessarily afford to go away to to, to international games and and to, to European matches. Uh, and the FA Cup is a little bit more than the price range. So I, I, I love it as a cup. The, the football the, the football league itself, I think it was the first season, Klopp was in charge when we get to the final against City and got beat there. But um, we've got Leicester City at home. Do you think these are the kind of things where he's looking to try and put a squad out as he can? Or or is he going to be using these as the sort of, you know, the interim matches between what he feels is more important? I, I, I really hope
2: so. I, I hope he goes for it this season, I, I don't think, bar, barring that, that first season you mentioned there when they got to the, the final, um, the, the Liverpool have not really done anything in, in any domestic cups um, under clock in, in his time there. Obviously, he's a bigger fish to fry and, and priorities initially with taking Liverpool back into the top four and then, you know, we, we've gone kind of straight into that next level of winning Champions Leagues and Premier League. So, they've kind of fallen, fallen by the wayside, but... Um, it's it's the one thing that you could maybe look across enviously at, at City and and Chelsea and say that that is where they have success over Liverpool in, in recent years and you know that this cup uh, especially has become the the Etihad Trophy really hasn't it the last few years and with them being out this 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 season there's a, a massive chance for Liverpool to to go and take a claim for it and you know Leicester at home I I think the the squad Liverpool have got now. It should be more than capable to uh, maybe not a fully shrunk side, but also maybe not a, a team of kids and um, one that you might see in the, the first round of an FA Cup of, at, at home to Shrewsbury or something, uh, yeah, without any disrespect intended. But Leicester are a good team, and I think it's, it's going to be quite a big part of their season. Obviously, they've gone out of the Europa League, they're not firing all cylinders, and don't look like they're going to be mounting a top four challenge this year, so probably their best. Uh, best a uh, chance in terms of having a successful season and getting a trophy would be to come to Anfield and and put a, a strong team out and really go for it. So, obviously, it's it's a, a big chance for Liverpool to get into the semi-finals here, and I'd like him to to put out a strong team and and um and get through to the next round and you know go all the way. And we we've seen the momentum that this trophy, while it is maybe mocked by some and, and not valued as highly as the others. It can give you a real momentum boost and be the catalyst for, for going on into the later rounds
1: of the season and picking up the big ones. Yeah, I agree, man. <laughs> you need to sort of concentrate on putting as good a side out as. Or are you more of a case of like, well, there are bigger fish to fry?
0: It's a really tricky one, isn't it? I think part of me thinks that you could play Salah and Mane just because they're probably going to go to Afcon anyway, so it doesn't particularly matter if they're a bit tired for that, but. I would suspect it's going to be a little bit of a changed team but uh, to be honest I still would expect you know a changed team for Liverpool would look maybe I don't know Curtis Jones and Naby Keita in midfield it might be Roberto Firmino plays instead of Jota it might be I don't know Simakas instead of Robertson I I still think a team Liverpool put out will be able to, to beat Leicester particularly with it being at home obviously as Kai says Leicester haven't been particularly good this season I think James Madison has been brilliant for them but Jamie Vardy has, has obviously scored goals as well, but they're not really a team that, that particularly would scare me. And I think you know Liverpool can afford to, to make changes. You can maybe have a Salah or a Mane on the bench, maybe if you need them. But I, I still think I still think Liverpool will make changes and, and still go through. I think the more interesting bit for me is if they do go through, what do they do in the semi-finals? Because obviously, if Afghan goes ahead, they'll be without a couple of key players. They'll be you know, a couple of, of crucial league games in there, Palace and, and Brentford, that they need to win without Salah and Mane. I think that's when it becomes interesting. Does Jurgen Klopp think we're in a semi final now? We have to go for it, or does he still see it as as just being a, a domestic cup competition? Even then, so yeah, I, I fancy Liverpool to get through against Leicester, to be honest. But I wouldn't expect it to be a full strength team, even with obviously Leeds struggling to come. Out a few days later, you can probably make changes against them as well, to be honest, and, and still beat them. But yeah, I wouldn't expect it to be a full-strength team, but I wouldn't suspect that that will matter.
1: No, I'm two
0: yeah. OK. Yeah, the the semi is, is still two legs, so Liverpool potentially could have two league games, two Carabao and two FA Cup, uh, whilst Salah and Mane are away. So it is it is something to think about, isn't it?
1: I mean, you didn't even mention, we just mentioned there, but Naby Keita came on and looked very, very positive. The last few minutes he played, all we've got to do now is is keep him stored in a kiddies play area pool ball pool uh till, till, till he's playing again because uh it's uh, all bad and an injury. Hopefully he'll get going again. Uh listen, guys, thank you very, very much. Much appreciated. Of course, our next games are um, are gonna be that Leicester game if the if the uh, the Tottenham game is postponed. If not, it is Spurs. Uh just a very, very quick one. If Spurs goes ahead, what do you fancy for a uh, very very quickly? What do you fancy for the results?
0: Ah, uh, I think a, a Liverpool win maybe by by two, maybe a two nil, something like that.
1: Nice, just the two,
0: yeah, just the two. Why not,
1: Kai? Uh, two one,
2: I think. Um, yeah, maybe
1: you can see that. All right, boys, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, pod that today, I think. Very much like Kai's mic, it started off slow and then sort of got strong, uh, towards the end. Uh, Whatever you're doing, keep supporting Bloods Red. Uh, Have a wonderful Christmas. I don't think we're going to see you this side of Christmas now. Uh, You're not going to hear us. I don't think till post-Christmas. So, listen, have a great Christmas. Keep safe. Uh, I hope you get all you wanted in your stockings. And um, have a great time. And uh, long may continue carry on uh, Liverpool winning and getting us the three points and getting us further along in the league. Have a great Christmas, everyone. Thank you very much, Kai. Thank you very much, Matt. Have a great Christmas, guys. And we'll see you on the next Poetry in Motion. You've been listening to the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel.